Hi, I'm Steve Westerly, and this is Beneficial Intelligence, a new weekly podcast with stories and pragmatic information for CIOs and other IT leaders. This week, contingency plans. Texas was not prepared for the cold. And now furious finger-pointing is taking place. All of the politicians are pointing to the power companies. The power companies are pointing to the politicians. The people who are critical of wind power claim that the problem was with the wind turbines. The people who are in favor of wind energy says the problem lies elsewhere. But obviously, they were not prepared. They were looking at uh, the report from the last power outage in 2011. And it turns out that they had lots of good recommendations and none of them were implemented. Looking further back to the power outage of 1989, there were same recommendations and they were not implemented. What happened was that when it turned cold, then Texans, of course, turned up the heat in their uninsulated homes. So they need a lot of heat in Texas because their houses are not built for cold. Then the first thing that happened was that the wind turbines froze. Now, of course, it's eminently possible to build a wind turbine that can handle cold. We have them here in Denmark. But it's more expensive to build them that way. So in Texas, because, you know, it's not often that cold in Texas, so you could save a little bit of money by not building winter-capable turbines. So the wind turbines froze. Then the next step that the power source that kicks in that balances out the variability of wind turbines is natural gas. So Texas started up all their natural gas turbines or turned on, turned on the power, generated started generating more power from natural gas. Now they have um, they have their own natural gas. So natural gas is an obvious choice for Texas. They have a lot of wind power, but they also have a lot of natural gas. But the natural gas wells were not winterized. So the wells froze, the pipelines froze, the pumping equipment froze. So there was a shortage of natural gas. So the next step then is you have nuclear power plants. Texas also has nuclear. And nuclear can produce a lot of power, but nuclear needs cooling water. And the nuclear power plants, well, if the river that it takes its cooling water from freezes over, well, you don't want to have a nuclear power plant running without coolant. So they had to shut those down. Now they were stuck with the last option, which is the old-fashioned coal power plants. Now, coal burns hot. So it doesn't matter how cold it gets, the coal will still burn. But to turn the energy from coal, the heat energy from coal into the electricity you need, you have a generator. The generator is a piece of machinery that turns very quickly. So it needs lubricants. But the oil they were using in their generators was not winter safe. So when temperatures dropped, the oil 
lost its viscosity. It became like molasses. It could not, it was not uh, helping the turbine to, to turn. So the turbine stuck and now even coal power was out. Now, all of this could have been um, solved if Texas had been able to import energy from somewhere else. But it turns out that the entire U.S. power grid is split into three parts. East, West, and Texas. And because Texas have always had lots of their own power, they've had oil, they've had gas, now they have a lot of wind turbines, they didn't feel the need to be connected to the power grid anywhere else. That meant they didn't have the backup option of getting power from somewhere else when they hit this problem. So their energy system had obviously not been subjected to a proper risk assessment. Or, as the reports from all the power outages in the past have shown, well, everybody can figure out the risks, but nobody has done anything about them. When I was in the Air Force, then we had uh, used to have two kinds of weapon oil for our, for our hand weapons. And the O-40 oil had just been discontinued when I joined the Air Force. The O-40 oil was the winterized version. It was saved down to minus 40 Celsius, which is happens to be minus 40 Fahrenheit. That is really cold. And there's the other oil, the O-20 oil, which is only safe on down until about minus 20 Celsius, which is close to zero Fahrenheit. Now, because it doesn't get cold very often, that cold very often in Denmark, then the Air Force decided, ah, we don't need the winter. So they discontinued that. And I joined the Air Force and I was in basic training and it was a really cold winter. Actually, it was colder than minus 20. And our machine guns, which would usually spit out 20 rounds per second with an angry snarl, they were reduced to coughing up a few rounds in a few seconds before jamming. Fortunately, the Russians did not seize the opportunity, though I'm sure that their machine guns can work in winter. In all systems, also in IT systems, there are two ways to handle risk. You can reduce the probability or you can reduce the impact. In IT, we reduce the probability of problems with redundancy. We have redundant power supplies. We have multiple power lines. We might have backup generators. We might have multiple internet connections. We have replicated databases. We have mirrored disks. All of these things make it very unlikely that we experience an outage. Unfortunately, this, um, these powerful capabilities, these powerful redundancy capabilities make us overlook the, what the impact is if something goes wrong. So when the vendor tells us this database with all of this redundancy and backup is rock solid, it can never go down, then there is a tendency for us to believe that because we want to believe it. We want to be able to say, well, this can never happen. 
so we don't even have to think about what do we do if it does happen. We run into these uh, Texas-style problems when our belief in the infallibility of our systems is proven wrong. We also need to have contingency plans. A contingency plan. If the database goes down, what do we do? If our internet connection, our multiple internet connections go down, what do we do? What is our alternative? That is the contingency plan. And that is the second part of risk management. You reduce the probability and you reduce the impact. Texas did not reduce the probability and they were not prepared for the impact. Don't be like Texas. Thank you for listening to Beneficial Intelligence, a weekly podcast with stories and pragmatic information for CIOs and other IT leaders. If you like the content, please spread the word. If you have comments, please get in touch. My contact information is in the show notes. See you next week.